Welcome to FileMaker Talk. This is Matt Navarre, and today my guest is Marty Thomason from Gearbox. How you doing? Howdy. Have you been on the podcast with me before? Maybe like a couple years ago, briefly? At least two years, I think. Maybe three. Yeah, it's been a long time. Anyway, it's good to good to see you again. And I have I have some specific uh, topics to bring to go over with you today. Um, so Molly Connolly and I just talked, and that episode is uh, out for people to refer to about um, nonprofits. Not really so much nonprofits, but um... so not just pro bono, but yeah, pro bono is actually a really good way to put it, and ensuring that these projects are successful. Mm-hmm. You've been featured at DevCon, and you have this really awesome health focus thing that has pictures of you in super remote places in the world, uh, bringing FileMaker to help people help save people's lives and help people be healthier. Tell me about that. So that was an amazing experience. Um, it started because our son, we have, my wife and I have four kids and the oldest had graduated early, but he wasn't really ready for school. So he was looking for some opportunities and, uh, and, so he found out about this organization, and they uh, have medical mission ships in different mm-hmm. areas, uh, like Papua New Guinea, and they help deliver uh, health care to that last mile, you know, to uh, remoter, remote villages that, that uh, don't necessarily have access to it, uh, to health care. And so he signed up for that, and... Um, and then my wife had the, the idea that she's a, my wife is a dermatologist and she had the idea of, um, that we could participate too. And I think I was probably half listening and I, I was half listening and, um, sure. That sounds great. But my wife is, uh, <laughs> she's a so force she, of she nature. She booked tickets five minutes later. <laughs> yeah. And so a few months later, you know, we're, uh, we're on a plane flying to the other side of the world on a plane, you know, on a trip longer than anything I've ever done. And, and, uh, and so we land, we get to the ship and, uh, you know, so there I am, I've got my whole family on the ship and she has, my wife has a particular job. She's going to be a physician in one of the medical mm-hmm. teams, but, uh, me and the other three kids, we're just, you know, we were just going to help out in different teams, community, the community team or, or, or one of the uh, particular clinics. And so didn't really have a specific job, but, um, you know, it was a great experience. They did a great job of sort of finding a place for us. Uh-huh. And so, you know, it would have been a great experience if it had just been that. Um, and, you know, you get to meet amazing people doing amazing things and helping great uh, people and seeing places and, and people that you sure you know that you never would have but uh yeah, you know what guinea's um, it's just a phenomenal place in so many ways right. so many languages and so many populations of people that are really not part of culture of like western culture at all absolutely and so yeah yeah i think there are 800 languages and dialects so right um and so i knew zero of them uh but uh you know, it was amazing. It would have been an amazing experience with that alone. But, um, you know, one day I'm on the ship and I'm walking past a computer and it's, it has a sticky note on it. If you, if you want to, if you need if you need the inventory, ask Dexter, it's on his laptop, something to that effect. Mm-hmm. And so I had an epiphany. Uh, maybe there's something I can 
do to help here. So while I was on the ship, fired up FileMaker, and you know how quickly you can prototype something and uh, you know create something yeah. real. And uh, so I, you know, just uh, you know, just in the matter of the final week or so that we had on the on the ship, was able to put something together and. It just sort of took off from there, and um, and then when I returned home, you know, I, I didn't really develop a plan. Um, you know, there wasn't uh, an overarching plan. It was just sort of uh, playing with the idea to see how feasible or viable it might be. And uh, and we started off, I think, with inventory. You know, attack one little thing, and I did all the work remotely, and then would deliver things. They would test and give me feedback. So, you know, that it wasn't that much different than maybe working with a, you know, a client here in the States. And, uh, um, but, you know, to, to really deliver the best result and to, you know, they, they didn't, they don't have an IT team on the ship there. And, uh, sure. you know, when, when they're out in Papua New Guinea, when they're back at, you know, the home base. But I mean, the ship does have Wi-Fi and several yeah. computers and, yeah. okay. Yeah, so the ship had what you needed uh, needed for that, a server mm-hmm. and a network and Wi-Fi. Hmm. And they have okay. satellite internet access, so that came into play later. But um, but in order to deliver the, you know, what really needed to happen in order to deliver the best result, is I had to go back. And so, um, so I was able to work that out and thanks to our awesome team at, Gearbox, they were able to, you know, create the space uh, where I could you know, disappear for three weeks, and so I got another chance to uh, be there on the ship and, uh, you know, see them using what I had made and continue development on the ship and do more discovery right. and design and get immediate feedback, and you know, there's just no replacement for. Uh, getting out in the field and seeing how real people are using uh, what you're making mm-hmm. and understanding at a really low level what their problems are and, and to find solutions. So, so that was a great experience. We rolled out some of it, uh, some more functionality and attacked uh, a couple of clinics. Um, do you want me to back up and talk about why wham and the ship and the, organization or the clinics or yeah, I'm just kind of I'm loving the story any part of it you want to really talk about mm-hmm. so but but the solution let's talk about kind of what it um, what it does for them so mm-hmm. you're tracking like medical records of individual people getting treatment and their families and uh, yeah so the uh, the ship uh, travels along the coast and then upriver and then they have uh, these smaller boats, inflatable Zodiacs that they mm-hmm. load up with people and equipment and medications and they send further up river. You set up clinics and they have primary health care that they're delivering immunization clinics, antenatal, uh, uh, op- uh, optometry. And, uh, on the ship, they also have ophthalmology where they're actually doing, uh, surgery to, remove cataracts or, hmm. um, you know, re- restore sight. They also have the dental on the ship. So there's, uh, you know, a wide variety of, uh, 
clinics and each had their own particular needs. They all kind of shared some of the same central problems in that they were doing everything on paper. And, uh, you know, there'd be someone with a paper list and they would do intake, getting the names of the, of the people right. and, um, and some notes about, you know, what problems or, or, or what they needed. And then they had individual paper forms for each patient, you know, one or more forms for depending on the clinic. And so a couple of the main problems were that, you know, if you are a physician or a nurse in the clinic, you don't really have good visibility into, you know, how many people are left. It's not easy to prioritize because right. the, the list is over there and you're treating people over here. Right. Um, and then when you get when the teams would get back to the ship, they would have to tabulate all this data because the you know, there are specific requirements to report back to the people providing funding, uh, the Papua New Guinea government. And so, you know, an amazing amount of an, an amazing amount of data that they have to then manually collate. So imagine, you know, you saw 100 patients and you have to indicate how many of a specific immunization did you deliver to males under five and you're right, flipping yeah. through and you're counting. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, so those were a couple of the, a couple of the key issues. Um, and so what we ended up delivering was, um, it was an iPad based solution using mm -hmm. FileMaker go, which, uh, in the village, the setup would be a laptop running FileMaker server, and that was the server. And that would connect to a battery-powered Wi-Fi router. We were using a Hutu Titan, which runs all day and uh, is inexpensive, so that was a great fit. Hmm. So the That's iPads cool. and the laptop connect to that, that uh, battery-powered router. That's and, crazy. And so in the village where there's no electricity and no Internet, you know, you set up this little local network and, uh, and so you've got someone with an iPad doing intake. They can take a picture of the patient so that, you know, that makes it easier right. to, to, um, um, identify and call the right person for mm -hmm. the right, the right pro problem. And, uh, and you have, uh, you can more easily prioritize sure. and, um, schedule and say, schedule. Oh, yeah, you need and, optometry plus also this plus also that. And, and yeah. so, uh, and then, you know, the other side of it, uh, as you're treating someone, uh, you're collecting all the information and of course, you know, it's the local network there. So everyone has access to all the information at the same time. So how did they get iPads and the other technology? Are there other groups who buy that stuff? <clears throat> yeah. So they had funding sources that they could, uh, write up, uh, the plan, you know, we want to we want to roll out, uh, basically we're rolling out electronic medical records and, you know, here's what we want to do. Here's why we want to do it. Here's the benefits it'll deliver. And they found, uh, they found funding to, um, you know, for the purchase of the iPads. They already had some, uh, some of the laptops, but they, you know, they had to mm -hmm. fill in with some additional. So, yeah, I can't imagine they'd use anything like Epic for that. I mean, I, I can't imagine any other kind of a system where you could bring a battery powered server into Right. And my wife is a dermatologist. So I was, you know, the, I'm familiar with 
electronic medical records and, uh, you know, and the systems that are built for use here in the States, uh, they just, they just aren't what you need, um, out in the field. Uh, you know, we don't need to track insurance or do anything related to medical right. billing or ICD 10 codes. We Exactly. And that's, that's like 90, 95% of what those systems are built for here. Right. And then the other 5% for actual medical care. Right. And so, yeah, so there wasn't a system that already existed that they could just roll out that, you know, fit like a glove. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we were able to build a, you know, a system that met, exactly met those medical needs and the st- the stats gathering needs that they that they had. So, uh, what what are the steps that you kind of would um, go through to make sure that they're still using it and that it's living and being supported and all that other stuff over a period of years? So, when I you know when I started, I, I didn't really have a vision of what it was going to take to to support it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if I went back to give myself some advice, I would have included that in the planning. Um, uh, you know, luckily, I've been able to continue to support it uh, remotely. And, um, you know, I hope to be able to go back back there again. But most of it we're doing remotely. I can remote into the ship over the Internet. Um, but uh, I, if I went back in time, I would have planned out, you know, and carved out and made sure that I had that time to dedicate to supporting it. Because you're right, you can't yeah. just build something, throw it out in the field and wave by. Um, yeah, like if we like when I compare this to a paying customer, they come to us, they have a solution that they need, they're spending money on it so that they have they have an investment. And they're asking for what they need to be building and they're using it. So there's kind of an automatic dynamic that mm-hmm sort of as a lever to keep them wanting using it over a long period of time. But when you donate a solution for pro bono for something like this, you're going to them and saying, I see that you have a problem. I want to solve your problem because I care about your organization. Here's what I can do for you. And you create a solution that would, that absolutely works. But then, you know, they could just, they could just as easily revert to paper because it's simpler even though it's way less good. <laughs> so my fear is that something like that would happen and that some part of it would break or something would change or some other person would come in and, um, and didn't want to use it. And then, there, and then there wouldn't be really any um, feeling that they've got a big investment in it and want to stick with it. How do you deal with that? So um, I was fortunate in that we've had support along the way by the, you know, every part of the organization. So, um, you know, from the executive level all the way through down to the, the volunteers that are on the ship, uh, because the, the people that are on the ship see the value that it delivers and the executives are there to support, uh, those, mm-hmm. you know, the staff members and the volunteers. So, um, luckily for us, it's, it hasn't been an issue where, you know, some kind of turnover created a situation where, um, you know, where someone else made a decision to, you know, to remove it and go back right. to paper. And 
I think if I had just delivered something remotely and maybe went one time and then that was it, I could see it easily. It just probably would not have been successful in the long term. Right. And, um, and so I, I think that's why, you know, if, if I had to give someone advice, I would definitely say, you know, don't just plan, uh, you know, figure out what they need and plan for the building of it, but you got to plan for the long-term support. You know, right. Make yeah. sure it's, Keeping current on FileMaker versions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All that stuff. Make sure Do they buy their own licenses too. Well, uh, we were fortunate in that FileMaker was able to, uh, uh, donate uh, some licenses. Hmm. Um, we've reached the end of that, so they're going to be, they have to uh, pay for their uh, licensing now. Uh, but uh, that also made it uh, an easier transition. Uh, so we were able to, uh, you know, it's a great story, and we were able to reach out to FileMaker. And so they pitched in uh, Jesse and his team at 360 Works. Helped mm-hmm. out uh, implementing Mirror Sync, which project wouldn't wouldn't have been possible without some kind of synchronization solution. Yeah, uh, I was actually going to ask about the syncing because you talked about providing medical care on the ship and also in the villages, mm-hmm. and with lots of records in both places, and that's kind of an obvious syncing thing you need to do. So the syncing probably comes takes place once they get back, syncing the two different servers to each other. Yeah, that's true, and uh, yep, yeah, and so the. Community pitched in, uh, you know, Todd Geis, uh, I used uh, some of his uh, products for, um, you know, and the ophthalmology team uh, needed to have an image of an eye and draw on the eye. And so oh, yeah. using his go draw and some of that, right. you know, and that, um, so we, we had a lot of support from the community, you know, anyone I talked to was willing to, to help out in that way. And so that was, that was, that was a great experience. I would, that's cool. I would definitely recommend, uh, you know, that would be another recommendation would be to reach out to the community whenever possible and, hmm, okay. and bring them. That's great advice. Do you have other pro bono projects like this one? Uh, we, we have a, a couple smaller projects. Um, my uh, partner, Michael Lane, uh, helps out with a group in Georgia not, we're in the state of Georgia, but in the mm-hmm. in the country of Georgia, and he's uh, been able to visit there the past couple of years. And um, so it's not a it's not he's not delivering technology, but he's he's doing some instruction and 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 presenting on topics of technology. And so I think he, I, he's had a wonderful experience. Uh, you know, share some he has some similar feelings about it, but you know the way that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've done, you know, some smaller bits and pieces here and there, but you know, this is by far the biggest, you know, our our biggest effort. Yeah, big and, and pretty high profile, mm-hmm. and a lot of a lot of uh, donated resources from your from your company and others. It sounds like mm-hmm. absolutely. So from the, I think you mentioned from the the technology side, the the syncing, uh, you know, how we manage that, and so we were. You know, we have these independent networks out in the field, a battery-powered laptop, battery-powered iPad, battery-powered router. And then at the end of the day, all that new data is on the laptop. So we bring that back to the ship. They connect to Wi-Fi. And then we're using, uh, we just sync the data between the laptop and the ship server. 
then there's a secondary sync that happens between the ship server and a server uh, in the cloud. And, uh, and that gives fast access to the information for the teams that are in Townsville in Australia. Oh, okay. Yeah. Who so, can then analyze the data, see what's going on, check inventories, yep, yep. see what see what new things need to be ordered and sent for next time. Mm, interesting. That's a lot of moving parts. It is, and it works, you know, surprisingly well you know, for all those moving pieces. And uh, uh, it definitely that's one of the bigger pieces of the puzzle is is figuring out that. Uh, you know, the data flow from iPad to laptop to ship server to cloud and, uh, you know, getting that set up right and working is definitely a big piece of it for us. But um, so the, you know, the end result is we have all of these villages, um, you know, we're collecting data in all these uh, different villages and the data comes back and they synchronize it. Um, they still go through a, a stat sheet to sort of review the stats for the day and uh, run a script that then populates it. And they can go in and make manual adjustments as needed. Um, and then they can also generate consolidated higher level reports uh, that they need to distribute mm -hmm. to different governments, government uh, departments. And, uh, so what's the what's the organization that this is for? It's called YWAM. So it's Youth with a Mission. Mm -hmm. And so there are groups under the banner of YWAM all over the world. Yeah, that was my next question. Was is this going to be replicated to other places? Because it sounds like it could be. And so we're we're hoping to get there. Um, you know, this was YWAM actually. Uh, more specific is YWAM Medical Ships, mm -hmm. and they're um, affiliated with. I think it's a it's a loose affiliation, but it, they're affiliated with YWAM uh, General. So, mm -hmm. uh, and they're based out of Townsville. So there's YWAM and YWAM Medical Ships, mm -hmm. and they have uh, you know the ship that I was on, uh, uh, which runs uh, on the uh, southern coast, mostly on the southern coast of Papua New Guinea. And then there's another ship that comes out of Kona from Hawaii that does the uh, the northern uh, the northern side of Papua New Guinea, mm -hmm. and uh, but they're a different YWAM organization. Interesting. Um, so the the ship that we were working with is is the biggest ship under YWAM Medical Ships Australia, and we're hoping we're hoping to get there that uh, we'd get to a point where we could deploy it and reproduce the uh, success on some of the other ships. But it's not, it's, it's not an exact, each ship isn't an exact clone of the other. So there sure. are, you know, and what they do and how they do it isn't exactly the same. So, uh, you know, for the past couple of years, it's been primarily just focusing on the, on the, the one sure. largest ship. Well, I mean, for any kind of a solution, like when we talk to customers, you kind of have to have a lot of people in the organization on board. You can't just have like one person who goes, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. We want that. And then go ahead with it. You have Absolutely. to have, like you mentioned earlier, you had buy off at the executive level and doctors and a lot of other people in the organization. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't have uh, if you don't have that support, 
you know, it's going to be hard to get anywhere uh, because you're going to need that support at the beginning when you're deploying it and the rest of the time through to, um, to support it. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, you know, it's especially important to have the support of those key people, uh, you know, like in most organizations that are primarily or, or there's a large component of it that's volunteer based, um, you know, that you're not going to have the same people there year after year. For In YWAM, in YWAM medical ships case, you know, there's a core team of people who have committed themselves to uh, this mission and this organization. And, uh, and so they do an unbelievable job of, of, uh, keeping it running, doing a, uh, you know, performing on the mission in a consistent way and, and, you know, providing a platform for all these volunteers like me that come in for three mm-hmm. weeks and, you know, we've never done this before and they have to get everyone up and running on the same page, trained appropriately and giving them the tools they need and then get them out in the field. And then, you know, three weeks later, it's another, you know, it's another group. So you absolutely have to have the support, um, of the, you know, you have to have buy-in and support across the board. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about your company, like what you do and what sort of made, you know, the fabric that made this whole thing possible for you to go Mm -hmm. take these resources and, and donate. So we're a small team of six, and my uh, my partner and I have been uh, doing this, I guess, both of us over 20 years, and uh, we have a couple of other developers and a project manager, and uh, we have a nice mix of people doing support and development, mm-hmm. and uh, and so, you know, if it weren't for them, then, you know, I wouldn't have been able to disappear for three weeks or you know, for six weeks over the course of a year mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, put in the time and I'd have to thank my family also, you know, because they were, right. they were supporting me as I, you know, became obsessed about, uh, fixing something and I'm in the kitchen right. work, working on it, you know, I ne- needed their support too. And they mm-hmm. were there. Well, it was your son's fault anyway. So, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. What kind of projects do you do? Do you focus on certain areas or you do general FileMaker? We're, yeah, we focus on the FileMaker platform, but we do work in, in a lot of different industries. Uh, we're pretty heavy in the creative spaces. So we're, we're doing a lot of project management, assignment management, deliverables, uh, mm-hmm. asset management um, for design firms or uh, the broadcast TV and film and streaming media yeah. industries, and then some of That's their huge in remote. Atlanta. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. We've Is got mostly Atlanta Turner or all over the. Uh, yeah, Turner and a bunch of other companies too. Yeah, heavy. Yeah, the work we're doing in that space is very heavy on the Turner side. So we've worked mm-hmm. with pretty much every network at Turner. Over, I think I started working with Cartoon Network nineteen years ago. So. Um, so that's a big, a big component. But you know, I think right now we're working on a project for a uh, film finance group, and we have another project for uh, a uh, company that rents uh, 
and manages cranes. So, you know, quite a, hmm. diverse. So I, yeah, quite a diverse uh, set of clients. Yep. That's what we experience as well. I think it's common for a lot of FileMaker shops because I think the one thing in common is um, our customers can't just go buy software to do what they need to do um, or cobble together things. They need to build it. So they're unique enough in an industry where they need something. And that's going to be diverse by nature. So we're never bored, right? There's always something. Yeah, exactly. So I, I enjoy that, you know, the opportunity to um, learn about an industry and people that, you know, I didn't know anything about. And, uh, you know, like we did with YWAM, the experience to go mm-hmm. and, you know, do a ride along. You know, we were working on a project for an EMS group, so I'd never ridden in an ambulance. So I'm sitting there riding in an ambulance to, you know, see what they do every day. And and uh, so I, I really enjoy that. Cool. Any other advice you'd give to uh, us or your younger self about how, how you could approach this project? So, you know, I'd thought about uh, doing more pro bono work for years, but I always had... I always had a reason that I couldn't do it. You know, mm-hmm. I've got two kids or I've got four kids or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I think, um, uh, I wish I had just carved out some time, you know, I'm going to allot this amount of time and then go find something that I care about or that, you know, an interesting, you know, somebody solving, doing valuable work or doing good work. And, uh, and, find, you know, find them and, and offer my services. Cause I think there are a lot of companies out there. They don't, you know, they don't have a full-time CIO or CTO. They don't have a um, IT staff. Sure. Um, they don't, you know, they don't have a developer in-house and, uh, you know, they're, they're open to, you know, they, they, they're, you know, they're waiting for, someone to approach them. And so the opportunities are out there and, you know, it's, you know, it's fulfilling to mm-hmm. do interesting work for amazing people who appreciate what you're doing and you're supporting, you know, you become part of this team that's, you know, supporting some mission that you, you believe in. Yeah, so I would definitely. have, so that would be some, that would be one piece of advice. I would, I would have, maybe tried to turn down the voice in my head that said I couldn't do it or I didn't have time. You know, there's some, there's some small, there's something out there that, you know, I could have fit in, but you know, so when, when the opportunity did come up and I was able to take it, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I did. So, yeah, you took it and ran with it, but you know, I would agree with what, you know, what we were talking about earlier that, uh, making sure that you not only, you know, not only is it feasible, but is it viable, you know, can, who's going to maintain it and how, mm-hmm. um, you know, with this organization, they, um, they had a volunteer that, uh, that came from a CS background and was interested in FileMaker. And so she was able to ramp up and mm-hmm. when she was there for about a year. And so she was able to pitch in on some of the development. And, uh, and so that was a great experience. I think I would have, um, um, yeah, looking back, I might have looked for more opportunities to uh, maybe share some of the load, and um, you know, because I think there are 
um, you know, there are a lot of people out there in our community. If you just talk, even just FileMaker specifically, there are a lot of people in our community that would be that are willing to to throw in and and offer to help. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm, that's great. Well, Marty, thanks so much for your time today. No problem. It was really good talking about this, and these are inspiring words. We're, at AppWorks, we're kind of really ramping up this thing now that we're, our company's matured to the point where we can really be looking at this. And so I'm, I'm kind of reaching out to Molly and you and others to, for advice on how to do this successfully so we can actually you know, build things that, like our other, plat- <clears throat> our other programs we build, stand the test of time and, and do something useful. But it feels so good to do that for places that, could, that couldn't otherwise afford it and, and, and really are helping the world be better, you know? I couldn't agree more. It's, it's super touchy-feely, but there it is. <laughs> Thanks again for your time. Thanks, Matt. Thank you.